looking in Exodus. The scripture was read earlier this morning. uh, Verses 1 through 10 of the third chapter and then verses 21 to 22 of the fourth chapter. Uh, But I want to add on to those and lift up in your hearing from the second chapter. Verses 23 to 25. And as I do this, I'm going to deal with the topic of my father remembers me. My father remembers me. Looking in the New Living Translation as it reads from Exodus 2nd chapter verses 23 to 25. Those who can stand in the honor of God, a reading of God's word. The word of God says it this way. Second chapter, verses 23 says, Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham Isaac and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Praise the Lord. You may be seated as you take your seat. You can help me announce it to your neighbor. Say, My Father remembers me. Oh, glory be to God. Dealing with the topic. Using this great text in Exodus as an illustration, I want to highlight that how we know our Father remembers us is that He is a faithful Father. He is a compassionate Father. And He is a Father who does provide. In this text, we find out that God was moved to action because of His faithfulness. Y'all see that in the text? That they cried out to him, and it said it was time to act, or he was obligated to move because of his covenant. Tell your neighbor, I serve a covenant father. A covenant father who is faithful, that it says it in the text that he is not a man, that he shall lie, nor the son of man, that he shall repent. Will he not say, and will he not do? In other words, if God says it, tell your neighbor, he's going to do it. We find here that the children cried out to a God who hears. It's good to know that God hears us in the times of trouble. Because if you think about it, when we're doing well, it's not that at that time I need my daddy to come in the room. When everything is going all right, I don't need you to come and help me out. But when things are rough... When things are troublesome, when things get out of my hands, I need my daddy to come in and help a brother out. If you look in the situation here, yeah, help a sister out. If you look at the situation here, that it's good to know that daddy's on the sidelines when things are going away, that he can cheer us on and say, good job, my son, my daughter, I'm pleased with what you're doing. But also, we want our daddy to not only be on the sideline, but get in. 
when things get rough, when things get hard. Do y'all remember the Olympics? I believe it was in Atlanta when the son hurt himself running in the race. Daddy came out and helped son finish the race. They, they, they did not show who won that race, but everybody remember how the son finished the race. The son finished the race with his arm around his daddy and his daddy's arm around the son. Both rejoice and say, son, you made it. Can I help somebody out here this morning to realize that the son knew the daddy was there while he was running the race, but he was glad his daddy was there to help him finish the race. We can learn on this morning that maybe my father on earth uh, is nowhere to be found. He's not in the race with me, not watching on the sideline, not there to hold my hand. But yet I can tell you, you can still say, Father. Because our heavenly Father looks at us and sees us and knows all about our troubles. Can I point out that he hears our cries? Anybody here ever cried? <laughs> Wonder would somebody hear your despair cry? Wonder could anybody bail you out, bring you out, and deliver you? And then when you look over and realize that God was always there, it makes us soothe ourselves a little bit better. God says it in Isaiah this way. And look in, the, in ver, uh, chapter 49, the 15 verses, says, never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. Isn't that something? That God is letting us know that my love for you will endure no matter what. Even if a mother can forget a nursing child, I can never. You, we tell other people we never say never. But our God, he can say never. I will never Forget you. That's why we can say, Lord, remember me. <laughs> because it brings to his remembrance his love for us. God identifies to Moses in the third chapter saying, I am the father. I, I'm sorry, he's correct. So he says, I am the, I'm the God of your father. Pointing out to Moses that the God who you saw your daddy worship, I'm that one. And I'm also the God of the father of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, pointing him out that I am a faithful father from generation to generation, pointing out to him that just as I was good to your daddy, <laughs> I, I was good to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your forefathers, I'll be good to you. Help me. Can I help somebody out what I'm talking about here? That if God's been good to those that came before you, he's able to be good to you. Why is that? Because he's a faithful father. A faithful father is able to do what he said he's going to do. He won't have excuses such as I forgot or I don't have time. Because God knows no time. Time knows God, but God does not know time. Let me help somebody out. You are waiting on your blessing on a specific time, but God has no time. So with the time that God shows up, that's the time you want. So if I can help somebody out that you need to stop looking at your wife and say, God, I'm on your time. <laughs> and so, God, when you show up, tell your neighbor, that's on time. And look how God, the faithful God, shows up. 
He shows up some 400 years later. Look in the text, it says that they were crying out to God. It is that he moved in. You go on, it says there was a boy that was born. So that, that he had to wait 40 years for the deliverer to get ready. And then he took 40 more years for the deliverer to finally come back. But yet, look how the Bible opens this up. There's a cry unto God, and it moves him into action. I tell you, never go ahead and cry out to God. And it'll move him to action. Because the action came because of them dependence on him. Think about it. You don't wake up a child to make them cry. The child wakes up to cry. To let you know, I need you. And when you cry, studies are trying to suggest to us that there's at least three distinctive cries in a baby. A cry just for attention. A cry for hunger. And a cry of pain. It says the first two cries for attention and hunger sound alike. They, 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 they are hard to distinguish, but it says a parent knows their child's cry. Can I say that again? That the parent knows their child's cry. And the cry of those cry goes up. And, and, and. And so they sound alike. But it says the pain cry is a little bit longer. Sounds different, am I right about it? And, and it brought to my attention, because you're right, when they're in pain and discomfort, it, it sounds different that you move different. I was out unloading from my car, bringing stuff into the house. Daughter was out playing on the trampoline. Daughter's doing well, singing one, two, three, four. And I said, everything must be good. All of a sudden, silence. Then I heard, Aah! I dropped whatever I had in my hands and ran to find my baby laying on the ground. Fell off the trampoline. But once I got to the cry, I stopped. It was amazing. Like Clyde, the cry was there because nobody's around. But once I got to the cry, I stopped. Tears are still coming down, but crying stopped because daddy here. Got to help somebody out. That when things get rough in our lives, he will show up. Now, just as I was not far from her, I could still hear her. I could still see her. But yet it wasn't until she was in pain that she needed me right by her. The Lord was always there with them. He was always there watching them. But it wasn't until they were in pain that they need him. That he showed up to be with them. And so we see that he's faithful, that he's covenant, that he says, I will forever be your father. I will forever love you. 
And he says this, and this is what I'm going to do here. I'm going to take you out of this place of oppression, of suffering, because I've seen what they're doing to you. But I'm going to take you to a place of promise, a place of peace, a place where you'll be the head and not the tail. That you'll be the lender and never the borrower. Matter of fact, I'm going to take you to the place where you neither sow or reap, but you're going to get all the milk and the honey. Why is that, God? Because I'm faithful. I told this to Abraham that I'm going to bless his children with the land, that this is not their land, but this is their land. I'm going to take them out of Egypt. Why is that, God, you'll take us out of Egypt? Because, because tell you them, tell her, God knows what's best. He is faithful and he's compassionate. Look at the compassion. The compassion was because of how I love you, it moves me to put you in a better place. He is looking at the condition that they're in and looking at how at one moment they were happy. At one moment they were happy. If you open up Exodus, the king becomes the who dies, who knew Joseph. It says a king came who knew Joseph not. <laughs> says that they're going to become too numerous. We're going to have to do something about this and they might overtake us. So they had this great idea. We make them slaves. Now they become slaves, but yet, yet it became too burdensome to them. They cry out to God, and that moved him to compassion. It says, I will move you out of this situation. He says, I've seen your affliction. I've seen your pain, and I want to remove it from you. Isn't that good news? That our Father sees the problems that we're in, and he is able and he's willing to move us out of that condition into a better position. And look what he tells, he tells Moses to do. Go tell Pharaoh that Israel, my firstborn. Y'all see that in the text? My firstborn. I want you to let them go so that they might worship me. Or sometimes say that they might serve me. God is faithful to us and he has compassion towards us so we can have compassion towards him. But even when we don't have compassion towards him, he still has compassion towards us. That he wants to deliver us so we can forever depend on him. And look how his compassion comes upon us. That he tells Moses beforehand how I will deliver them. And he tells them how nothing's going to stop me from delivering you. Y'all catch that? He lets them know that Pharaoh is going to have a hardened heart. But catch this, catch this, that's by design. Can I help somebody out? What I'm saying here is that when things are not going as smooth as you want them to go, that you know a result should happen in your favor, but you're not seeing the result at the time you want to see the result, just hold on until it's God's time. God, remember, don't look at your watch. Just say, God, I'm waiting for you to show up. And God tells Moses so that Moses would not be feeling uh, uh, insane by keep on going to a Pharaoh that keeps on telling him the same answer. Because God's letting him know this is his answer. This is what he's going to give you until I kill his firstborn. Tell your neighbor it takes a sacrifice to get life. Tell another neighbor to make sure they're awake. Tell him it takes a sacrifice to get life. 
And so he said that I will take your firstborn so I can set my firstborn free. Y'all can't say it. I'm going to take Pharaoh's firstborn to set my firstborn free. Why is that, God? Because I'm compassionate for my children. That nobody's going to mess with my kids and me not do anything. God said, I see the pain, the trouble that you're going through. And guess what? I am able to deliver you from them all. He desires for us to be comfortable and not to be in pain. He desires for us to have peace and not peril and trouble. And so we are grateful that our God says to them, The afflictions of this people, God will move from them and free them from the oppression and move them out of the Egypt and into a land that is good and spaces flowing with milk and honey. Tell your neighbor, God, remember me. Because when he remembers us, he shows us that I will bless you better than you can bless yourself. Because in his faithfulness, he shows to us that the timing is not our timing. We want whose time? God's time. Because if you look closely, they cried out, Moses was not born. He says, now let me move. Let me give a child. His name is Moses. We found out he a basket case. And so he's out of his mind. He's out of his mind doing things he should not be doing. Now he got to run out of place of luxury to go out in a place of wilderness. He finally comes to his senses. Then he sees a burning bush. He says, hold on, I'm just, I'm just now at peace. I see a burning bush. Let me go see what this is about. He goes to the burning bush. God lets him know, I'm the God of your father. Wait, you taking me back, God. I'm a father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now I'm taking you back. Guess what? Guess what God tells him? He says, you can go back now because those who want to kill you, they dead. Letting us know that in his faithfulness and in his compassion, he will never put us in a place of harm or danger. That's why people feel safe when daddy comes around. Because they feel that if my dad's around, I believe nobody can hurt my daddy. My dad tells me the stories about how he and his friends would talk about who daddy could be or who's daddy. And my, and my grandfather was a large man, so my dad went on to give the example and say, well, my dad could just sit on your dad. He said, I can handle all debates that my dad's so big to sit on your dad. Then what's your dad going to do? Basically pointing out that my daddy is bad enough. Can I, can, I, can I drive this home? That our daddy is bad enough that anybody want to mess with us, he can sit them down. <laughs> and so God is letting Moses that since I am with you, you have nothing to fear. The enemies that you fear, I've already removed them. And catch this, I'm going to deliver Pharaoh whom you fear into your hand. God is faithful to us and he has his compassion towards to let us know that I want to give you what only I can. So all you got to do is Lord, just trust me. And then we find out thirdly what the Father shall provide. In this provision, we find out here that not only did he provide Moses with miracles to give and present in front of Pharaoh, he also provided that the children of Israel left with more than what they came in with. He told them to go ask your captors. Can I say that again? Go ask your captors or your oppressors, the one who calls you pain and hurt, and ask them to give you what they got. 
It says they left with basically in our, our understanding a train load of gold, silver, and jewels. They left with treasure and they, a land they were in bondage with. Y'all can't say The land that they were in bondage and owned nothing, they left owning and possessing greater things. Can I talk about our daddy? Our daddy looks at us and see us in our current situation. And some of us are doing well. He's on the sideline cheering us on. Some of us are having some troubles. He's saying, I'm right here and available to help you out. But in the same situation, he is faithful to let us know that if you confess your sins, hello. He is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Thank you, daddy. What are you saying here? That daddy, I can come to you in times of pain and shame and trouble. You still want to hear from me? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That, Father, I can come to you knowing that I've been rebellious, I've been ignorant, I've been out of my mind. You are still willing to call me your child. Yes, I am, my daughter, my son. And, and, and in that, he's shown to us, because why I am faithful that I cannot disown you because I made you. But we see other people disown us, discredit us, don't like us, don't love us. But yet our God said, I will never leave you, no forsake. And so in that process, Father, that I am locked up, I'm in a place I do not want to be, I'm in Egypt. Egypt symbolizes place of bondage, slavery, and sin. God tells the children of Israel to never go back to Egypt. Let me say that again. He told them to never go back to Egypt. Egypt symbolizes sin. God tells them to never to go back. To Egypt, or can I substitute in to never go back to sin? Let me continue walking down this block. Our Father is faithful to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Why is that, God? Because I will forgive you those who repent. Repent means to never to go back to that sin. I lost somebody. Repent means to have a made up mind. That I'm no longer going in that direction, but I'm going in the direction the Lord wants me to go. Because if I look at Egypt, Egypt was a place of bondage and, sl and slavery. A place where I do labor that does not profit me, but profits the enemy. But God is going to take me to a place where I can find rest. How can I find rest in this new place? He says, you never reap nor sow, but it's full. It's full of milk and honey, meaning there's cows there that you ain't got to worry about, so you got the milk you need. There's honey that means there's crops there, meaning there's crops there. Crops, crops there. That means the bees are not where there's no crops. So the bees are where the crops are, where they can make honey, where you can enjoy so he's showing to us that I can take you out of a place of bondage, of depression, of sin, and take you to a place of peace and joy and rest. Why is that, God? Because I'm faithful and I have compassion for you. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross for our sins. And since his compassion moved him to die for us, that's why Jesus says to us, For God so loved the world, he what? Gave his only what? begotten son, which brings me to God saying to Pharaoh through Moses that Israel is my firstborn. 
Firstborn. Firstborn. Jesus is the only begotten. Meaning he's the only one to come from. But we are his firstborn. In this process, he's pointing out that Israel, I love Israel. I'm willing to sacrifice for them to set free. I am willing to take them out of captivity in Egypt and provide them a land for them. Uh, anybody here glad that you're, I've I, 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 I grown up and I look back that I'd rather go back to being a child because I didn't have to work. It was good to come home, food in the refrigerator, clothes folded up, lights still on, water still running. A warm bed to sleep in. But now that I've grown up, I realize that my daddy said, you're on your own. <laughs> my mama gave me a warning, son, you can come home as long as you got a job. But yet my daddy in heaven has shown us that I can provide for you. Even when you cannot provide for yourself. And that you're always welcome in my presence. We see here that just as it was for the, for the Israelites in Egypt, God said, I will provide you with a place that you don't got to work for, that I will freely give to you. And so we hear from this, our God, look what Jesus tells his disciples in my father's house. is many, man. He said, in my whose? Father's house. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. You see the parallel here? God prepared a place for the children of Israel so that they will no longer be in toil and pain in Egypt, but they got a place of promise. Now we are here on this earth in pain and turmoil, but Jesus says, I've gone to prepare a place of you of promise. You see the parallels here? God did that all for his firstborn, Israel. But tell your neighbor, Israel didn't get it right. He also called the children of Israel his firstborn, his children, but he also called them his vine. And he says that, I thought you were a good vine, but I got from you sour grapes. You find in Isaiah 5th chapter, talking about you were sour grapes, or you were wild grapes. You were things that had no purpose. I planted you to make some good wine, something to be a process to somebody else, but instead I got grapes I could do nothing with. But yet, he didn't give up on his firstborn. He sat down his only begotten firstborn. And Jesus showed up on the scene and says, I am the true vine. Not the vine. The true vine. And if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. Catch this. And anything you ask of my Father in my name, he will give it to you. Can I end up and tell you why I stopped by this morning to tell you why my father remembers me? He remembers me because when he sees me, he sees Jesus first. And when I start thinking about Jesus, I start thinking about all that he's done for me. If he's willing to set some stiffness folk in Egypt who did not want to go into the promised land, 
They said many times to Moses, it was better in Egypt. Why'd you bring us out here? But God in his faithfulness ain't give up on them. But he kept up with them some 40 more years. In my own imagination, I could see how God has been up with me. I've been stiff-necked. I've been like, Lord, it was better out in the streets. <laughs> Lord, it was better doing what I wanted to do, but he didn't give up on me. He saw my past my faults and looked at my need. And I'm so glad that he showed me in his words, said, come here, child. Let me show you what dad is doing for you. Do you see my only begotten son? His name is Jesus. He came down here to show you how much your daddy loves you. How much do you love me, daddy? I love you this much. That They're going to talk about you, but they talked about my son worse. They're going to try to kill you, but they did kill my son. But look here, that if you put your trust in my son, you won't die. What you saying, daddy? I, I, I won't die because my son is the life. And the resurrection. And if you believe in him, though you may die, tell your neighbor, yet you shall live. What you saying there, Daddy? That I can deliver you from all your troubles, from all your problems, from all your pain. Now I'm starting looking at my wife, getting excited. Okay, Daddy, when are you going to deliver me from that? You know what he said? Now! Can you deliver me from all my problems now, Daddy? He says, now unto him who is able to present us fathers with exceedingly joy. Who is that? The only wise God, our Father. What you saying? That right now I can confess my sins right now. I can be redeemed right now. I can be set free right now. All my troubles can be over. And let me point out to you what happens at now. At now, we find out that things start changing. Things start shifting. When Moses goes to tell Pharaoh, what does say the Lord that if you don't let my firstborn son, I'm going to take your firstborn. After Pharaoh found out, I said after, he found out that God was not playing. Then he said, get your folks and go. Now, their liberation happened when? Right then. But they still had to go through the wilderness. And as they had to go through the wilderness, some things happened there that those who wanted to go back couldn't make it into the promised land. So what happened to them? Tell your neighbor they had to die. Can I help somebody out? Tell your neighbor you got to die. Because they could not make it as they were. But a new generation had to come to get in. Can I tie it in? 
Those who are in Christ are a new creation. Behold, all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You know, you know how, how I, I get excited about that verse because Paul also writes this, that the corruptible must put on incorruption. So at the now, at the right time, means a change start happening. Then I start dying to the things of this world. And then I start living for the things of the kingdom. That's why when they got to Joshua, the new generation, tell your neighbor, the new generation. He told Joshua that every place your footsteps, it's yours. Why is that? Because Joshua was walking in the promise of the Lord. The good steps of a man are what? Ordered by the Lord. Come here, gospel worship of America. Order my steps in the Lord. Come on now. As he orders us, he's letting us know that I'm going to bless you. Every time you take a step, depending on me. Though you may be in the wilderness, enemies are trying to get you. I'm still here. Lord, uh, I can't see you. Uh, I'll be a cloud by day, uh, a fire by night. Uh, I don't see a cloud and a fire right now, uh, but I so enough see the sunrise uh, and the sunset. Uh, and I know who put them in the sky. So as long as the rising of the sun and the setting of the same, uh, I'm going to serve him. Why is that? Because he's my father. And father, I stretch uh, my head to thee. And if he does move, where else can I go? So if I don't hear from him, I stay still. But when I hear him, I move. Come on, children. When he moves, I move. Just like that. (laughs) So I'm just trying to tell you that our father remembers us. He loves us. He's faithful to us. And he'll provide for us. And when will he provide for us? Now. He's not slack. He's not slow. But he's able to do it right now. Let's turn to him, Lord. We just thank you. We just thank you. That you're able to do it right now. And Lord, we thank you that you will never leave us, nor forsake us. That through the process of our maturity, of our growing, you will still be there. When things get rough, God, you are there. In times of joy, you are there. In times of pain, you are there. In times of sorrow, you are there. And Lord, we thank you that even in death, you are there. Because you showed us that, Lord, though we die to this world, we live in you. And, Lord, we are struggling to be alive in you and dead to this world. For you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. So, Lord, we thank you for the power of your might and your spirit. That we are more than conquerors. That we are able to defeat the power of sin by fully trusting in you. So, Lord, we trust in you right now better than we ever had before. 
that, Lord, on today we acknowledge that you are our Father. You are our Keeper. You are our Shepherd. You are our Provider. And, Lord, we trust in you. And we'll trust your discipline. We'll trust your correction. We'll trust your love. We trust your affection. That, Lord, we'll have your word hidden upon our heart that we might not sin against you. Still, every head bowed, every eyes closed. There might be someone here that does not know Jesus. And right now, you can call out unto him, you shall be saved. That you can say, Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave with all power in your hand. And we surrender it all over to you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Maybe